Welcome back to the Take 43 podcast, season four. Season four, episode two. Episode two. Can you believe it? This is Drew. And you are... I'm Aaron. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Hope all is well your way, man. I'm really, really excited. We have our first guest on for season four. We've worked with her before. Yep. Uh, Worked with her a a lot, actually. Yeah, quite a lot. Uh, She was in our last film, Jump Seat. Her name is Charla Bocchicchio. She's an actor based here in uh, the Salt Lake area. And so, uh, Charla... How you doing? It's nice to talk to you. Hey, I'm really good. Thanks for getting my name right, guys. Yeah, you know what? I, I figured after knowing each other for a couple years and talking to you a whole bunch, it's about time that I get it right. <laughs> you know, and just you know, <laughs> you talking know what? five you minutes be, before. <laughs> you would be so surprised because I have known people for years and years and years, and they still get my name wrong. <laughs> That's so funny. So I, you know what? I absolutely believe bad. it. I, I, well, so my, my last name is Colborn. Um, and I, it gets regularly spelled wrong by everybody that I know, I think, cause like we tend to say it like Colburn. And so people spell B U R N mm-hmm. and there's people I've known for years also think my first name is spelled E R I N. I'm like, literally no men have ever been, had their name spelled that way. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> Maybe I'm the I first. I don't know. I- I think I thought your name was Colburn. Yeah. See what I mean? I mean, to be fair, like I said, it's kind of like the lazy way to pronounce it, which I tend to do a lot of the time. He it's, does not burn coal. He's very energy that's efficient. That's right. Yeah. Very energy efficient. Uh, yeah. Aaron Windpower. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Aaron Windpower. Awesome. It's important. Well, well, Charlie, to get things started, we have uh, some quick warm up questions just to get things going. And then uh, okay. we will dive into yeah. all things that is awesome with you. Uh, I'll start this thing off. Yeah. And these are just, these are just quick, uh, like one word answers. No need to explain any further unless you like super duper want to. Um, but yeah, just like kind of the, the, like the quick fire round. That's exactly yeah. what this is. Rapid this, fire. That's okay. right. That's right. Rapid fire. Inside, inside or outside? Inside. First movie that you love that comes to your mind? Wizard of Oz. Oh. 80s or 90s? 80s. Oh. Brunch or dinner? brunch yeah, i love brunch favorite <laughs> outdoor activity hiking oh boom good one see piece of cake you crush those see everybody always wants to like well you know what i do love uh the 90s more and here's why <laughs> like, no that's not what that's not what we said this is <laughs> I, I took like four hours yeah, to edit so- nick's episode last week because he just wanted to elaborate on everything oh, yeah. he's like sleeping bags let me tell you i'm like dude no <laughs> This is not a sleeping bags podcast. Well, you know, one one thing about me is that I do know how to take directions. So I was just listening to your directions. It's very true. You absolutely that's that's one of your most valuable assets, I think. And we're learning that Aaron knows sorta how to give directions. I'm I'm getting there. I'm starting to get a hint or two. Yeah. He's great. We'll we'll go into that more later. Uh, but let's let's start off. I always like to start this off with uh, what I call like your origin story. You know, uh, what what's the the thing the person, um, just the event or whatever that made you say, you know, I, I want to get into, into this career that I'm going to get into. It's such, it feels like a long story, but really it be, that's it's fine. not that complicated. I don't think so. I, you know, growing up, I loved to perform, but I guess it was really just for my family in the living room. You know, I mean, like I put right. on these big shows with my siblings and, my oldest sister would like direct and I was the youngest. So I always got the cute role, you know? Right. Um, I remember we did a, at Christmas time, we did a, um, a little live music video sort of to, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus and I was the kid singing and my brothers, <laughs> my older brother played Santa Claus and my 
brother that's next in line played the mom that was <laughs> <laughs> very monty python <laughs> it was awesome he had like the wig and the dress and stuff so yeah it was very cute but anyway so uh, you know growing up i i did like to i guess be the center of attention as the youngest maybe and oh you're, you're the youngest i know all about yeah, yeah the youngest kids are trouble man yes, we are. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a youngest also and so is my wife <laughs> oh we're not trouble that's the middle kid we're like the we're the golden child right oh man <laughs> very true we're always so, the most fun. I know uh, that. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, um, you know, growing up, that was that. And then I guess in high school, I started to do more like involved theater, but it was really just musical theater because I really liked to sing. And then it was in college. So I think college was my turning point. I got to the University of Utah uh, and I didn't know what I was going to study exactly. I kind of knew that I wanted to do something in the arts, but I took an acting class and it kind of changed my world. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, my first teacher was Zan Johnson, who I think is still at the U. He should be retired by now because he's, I know he's old enough to retire, but he, um, he just kind of, became my mentor, I suppose, throughout my college career. But he, he was the, the teacher that made me want to study acting. Hmm. And so that's what I did. You know, I had a few like detours. I went to be a nanny in Connecticut for a couple of months. Didn't like that. Went to be a flight attendant in LA. You gotta figure like out what you so don't want to do, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I landed on, I kept coming back to, well, I've got to finish school. I've got to go back to my theater stuff. So in, in school, I decided to major in theater with a child drama minor. Mm. What is that? My, what, what's a child well, drama? Well, I feel like that's what you're having so, right now, Drew, with your baby. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm familiar, but I, I know I a child I drama. I got a major child in it. Child drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, is, uh, what is child drama? So... Well, let me explain the the other part of my degree. So I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in theater with an education emphasis, and the minor was in child drama. So child drama is just a, um, it's kind of the term they use for like youth theater, children's. Okay. It should be children's drama rather than child drama. Right, right. Or like youth drama or something like that. Youth, yeah. 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 So, the youths. The youths. But I was a youth, you know. Right, right. right, Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, so I was learning how to teach kids theater the whole time that I was in school. Oh, that's cool. So you more got into it just because you got exposed to it and you're like, that's, that's the thing for me. Yes. And I found, you know, the stage was obviously my first love. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how much you want me to go into the rest of my story. I mean, that's the origin story. I love that. And I think, um, from having a professor that stuck out to you to majoring and minoring and kind of what you fell into, you mentioned something that Aaron and I both kind of looked across the table at each other when you said it. You said, when I, I love to sing. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I don't think either of us knew that you yeah. uh, sang as well. <laughs> you know, it was something that I used to do a lot of when I was younger, and I just kind of stopped. I oh. think the older I got. I um, it, So my brother and I that are closest in age to each other, 
we always, he was very musical and he picked up the guitar from a, an early age and we would sing harmonies with each other, like nonstop. Oh, cool. Just in his room or um, for church or whatever. And when he got into high school, he started a band. <laughs> and uh, what was the name? <laughs> it was well, okay. The, the Christ it, fire. It, it changed <laughs> over time. The first version was No Vacancy. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. The first one was Vengeance. Whoa, Ooh. hardcore. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I like it. Vengeance. <laughs> and then it no changed vacancy. to No Vacancy. Yeah, we like a little up. dark, guys. <laughs> and then. And then um, when it, it, its last iteration was Opie's Fetish. Oh, that was, oh. yeah, that was my favorite tour of yours. No, Opie, the, Opie's <laughs> Fetish. <laughs> yeah. That's when we, we really hit our stride. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, so what he, he started the band and obviously he asked me to do all the female vocals and backups with him. That's and I was cool. only 14 at the time. But we would sing like high school dances and stuff. And so I was like this. I wasn't even in high school. I was still in junior high oh, wow. when, he, when I was in the group. <laughs> so I would go and sing these high school dances with them. And oh, my God. OK, one of my favorite songs to sing was and I'm dating myself here, guys, um, <laughs> was Nina's. 99 lift balloons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's still and, a super well-known song. I yeah. sang it in German. Oh, that's cool. But I didn't I know German. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know German. So oh, wow. my brother and I sat and this is back in the day, you know, when we were listening to like cassettes. Right. right? And we'd sit and play the cassette and we would write down phonetically every single line and we'd oh, go wow. back and listen to it. And we did that phonetically for the whole song, and that's how I learned. Oh my god! It's because gosh. you couldn't read the lyrics in the cassette wrapper because yeah. they were too small and they were printed so small, <laughs> exactly. right? Or maybe it was recorded off the radio. Who knows? Well, I figured. I figured I would ask. I mean, singing. I feel like acting, singing, theater. That goes hand in hand. Yeah. You know? Also, when you do those types of things, uh, you start to work with people, and then you get influenced. Who were uh, some influences that that were big for you in, in your life? Um, I think, well, obviously the biggest influence was Zan Johnson at the U right. and then, you know, just, as, it's funny. And I didn't come to these people a until a little bit later in my career, but when I was living in LA, I guess what now, seven years ago now, <clears throat> I was studying with Anthony Mindel with, um, he has his own acting studio, okay. AMAW, Anthony Mindel's actors workshop, and he has studios all over the world. But he really influenced my acting and my on-camera acting. And he kind of changed my whole paradigm about the, the way I thought about hmm. acting. And he really gave me a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of inspiration as a coach, too, as an acting teacher. And then the other person in L.A. that really influenced me was Judy Kane. And Judy is she owns and operates Keep It Real Acting. It's another acting studio. She focuses on commercial acting, okay, commercial auditions and stuff like that. And she hired me when I got to LA as a youth teacher. So I was the oh. head teacher at her acting school. And yeah, so and, and and in addition to teaching the youth classes, I was like her assistant for some of the classes that she was teaching, the adult classes. Okay. 
So I really learned a lot by watching her teach and, and by watching her teach us how to audition, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, so I mean, I think, that's like, that's a huge part of the job, yeah, right? Just knowing absolutely. how to audition, wow. right? Yeah. Absolutely. And if I, if I gained anything from my time in LA, it was how I learned, how much I learned how to audition. Hmm. Oh yeah, you I know, can, I can a, backtrack that because the first time I met you, you scared all of us. Yeah, we're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she knows what she's doing. We we don't. <laughs> no, the, the part was intense. Yeah, 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 and you're amazing. Um, okay, so so, funny. so yeah, it, it's amazing. Same for me. My my screenwriting teacher is probably the biggest influence I had up up with you, uh, Paul Larson. Um, incredible uh-huh. guy, and he just like he changed the entire way that I look at writing, the way I look at storytelling, and then just, and also just honestly how the, the way he ran his class rather than being like a class that instructed how to do it. It was more just like a conversation and looking at each other's mm-hmm. work and like just a different way of learning. So yeah, teachers, I, I totally get are, are some of the biggest influences. So, so, yeah. so you've, you've, uh, you've gone to school and you're starting to audition and stuff like that. You're getting jobs. What are, so over, over your career, and I mean, you've been very prolific. Like I looked at your IMDb, you have like some 60 something credits, I think. So you've done, you've I done have 70, I have 73 credits. 73. Right I'm sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry. Uh, Jeez, Aaron, 70, 73 credits. He didn't expand his window. All the way. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and that's amazing. So over the course of your career, like what are some of the more interesting jobs? What are jobs you're most proud of? Um, and also on the flip side, if you want to, like, what's a, what's a terrible job you might've had? <laughs> well, let me, I want to back a track just a tiny bit yeah. because uh, I didn't come to on camera acting until a little bit later in my career. Oh, so you're mostly theater at first. I did theater at first. And in fact it was, um, well, I guess when I was at the U I was with McCarty, the agency McCarty mm-hmm. here for like a year because I was just kind of dabbling in that part of acting. And I was, you know, doing some commercials here and there and some industrials and things like that. But when I, when I left Utah, moved to Birmingham, Alabama to kind of raise a family and, you know, do that thing. <laughs> uh, I, I was continuing to do theater as much as I could community theater. I was also teaching. I had my own youth theater company that I was running. And so I was directing and teaching that. And it wasn't until probably 2000, I don't know, maybe mid 2000s that I started to get back into the on-camera world. Mm. And, and the only reason is that I had friends who were in that kind of industry. I had independent filmmaker friends there. I had people that had a production company that were doing commercials and stuff like that. So they would just keep asking me to do stuff. I didn't even have mm. to audition. That's how you want so to do I started, it, right? <laughs> I started my, yeah, I started my, um, my on-camera career by just getting direct bookings, which kind of spoils Awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is how it always works, right? I don't see everybody says this is right. so hard. <laughs> yeah. What's the big deal? So at, when I found, when I got to do on-camera work, that really was my turning point of, oh my God, this is my medium. Like, mm-hmm. I had always struggled, I think, on stage because I, I preferred the very small venues, the little black box theaters. I liked the the more intimate spaces and the more intimate acting, the more authentic acting. Mm-hmm. And so when I found on camera work, it was like, oh, OK, this is where I should have been all along. Right. So, I mean, I was in my late 30s, I think, when I came to kind of a more serious look at film work. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I think I was probably, I don't know, I was early 40s when I divorced my 
husband and moved to LA with my daughter. Oh, wow. So, so I didn't, I mean, my first IMDb credit isn't, and I think it's like 2010 or something so like that. So that's even like, uh, like more impressive. Than- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly, I Trevor. mean, yeah. So I've been really busy in that. What I guess it's just been, you know, 12 years since I've had my first IMDb credit. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it wasn't really until, well, okay. So I spent a few years in LA met my now husband at a UCB improv class mm. and the two of us moved together to Utah about seven years ago. Okay. Gotcha. So, and when I came back to Utah, that's when my career really blew up. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah it almost, you would think it would be the opposite way, right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that, I think that was the hope I mean, sure. going out to LA, right. yeah. but what LA became to me was, a training ground more than anything. Mm, That's huge. Come back and be a big fish in a smaller pond. In a way. And it's funny. I mean, it's, it's like you're, you're oddly legitimized somehow if you go off to LA and and then you're in a smaller market. Yeah. But you know, I, I like sucked that place dry, you know, as far as resources and training, I was doing casting director workshops. I was taking every class I could. And I mean, I had an agent out there and so I was, you know, getting auditions, but yeah. So when I got back to Utah, it was like, oh, I really hit the ground running. And my first week here in Utah, I showed back up at McCarty's doorstep and I'm like, Hey guys, remember me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Which I would tell students now, don't ever (laughs) go to an agency. (laughs) It's not going to work for everybody. (laughs) Exactly. But they did remember me and they took me back on the spot. And I, and that day they sent me on, on an audition for Granite Flats. Sure. Which I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. I got the, uh, I got that gear ready at, um, in like 2015, I think it was, I got the gear ready at Redmond. Yeah. They rented all the gear. Yeah. Grand awesome. Flats yeah. and like and Blood and Oil in those times. You were, yeah. I think you and were in I both, mean, right? Yes. So I booked my first SAG job that they sent me, which was Granite Flats. And oh, then cool. I booked Blood and Oil right after that. So, cool. you know, these were these were opportunities that I just, I wasn't getting in LA because you right. have to walk up that like ladder of, you know, like to even be considered for a co-star role in a, te- in a television series, you have to already have a huge resume. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So Utah brought a lot of opportunities that I didn't have in LA. That's actually really cool. like hearing that. Mm-hmm. You're always the fun one that I know and is one of our, we consider a friend actor because my wife and I were <laughs> watching Yellowstone, I think last year and we're like, oh, there's Charla. <laughs> and then you're like on a commercial, like, oh, there's Charla. Yeah. And just, I'm like, just oh, popping up all over the place. Oh, yeah. there's Charla. Yeah. So it's, it's always fun, fun to see I'm where always- you pop up. I'm always surprised that people uh, recognize me on Yellowstone. It was a shorter role, but you know, you don't Super small. can't miss a, someone that you know. I guess so. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. You were the you you seem to have kind of this doctor ER you, you reception. Yeah, yeah, you've played that a couple times. I'm looking <laughs> now that I'm looking it's down funny, at your profile. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I guess it was during COVID. I got bored and I just decided to make myself a like a medical role reel. I did like a, a little like sizzle reel or like acting reel of all of my medical roles that I've had. That's rad. I'm going to have to check I mean, that out. I mean, there's definitely a, definitely a place for that. I mean, that's something that's needed a lot. So my yeah. observation was correct. No. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was. I love that. Here's a fun fact really quick about medical stuff. So Please. I don't know if you guys saw this. It, it was a few, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. 
I was in the Apple September event in 2019. You know, their big oh, really? thing that they announced. Uh-huh. I didn't know it. I had done some stock footage. Uh, for a <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. It was, it was me being a doctor walking down a hallway with an iPad. Oh, cool. And apparently Apple bought that stock footage when they were releasing their new, um, it was about the Apple Watch actually, but, and I had an Apple Watch on mm. as well. Just, you know, luck of the draw. I had right. an Apple Watch on and I had an iPad in my hand and they used it for their. Wow. Uh, that's dope. That's so cool. You would never think cool. Apple having their own production would and get their stock own video network and streaming yeah. service would buy stock footage, I but had, there you go. I, I had friends cool. contacting me going, you were on the Apple event. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, so <laughs> I, I, I went and found it. And then um, they're like, man, you must be getting so much money from that. And I'm like, rah, rah. you're like, you have no idea, man. Do you know what stock footage is people? Yes. Hey, poor guy that shot it. Got his 1950. I know. Too. Right. Like, Darn it. Oh. Yeah, I guarantee they didn't buy it from like Adobe. So it's probably yeah, <laughs> from one of the no, smaller pro- sites. Probably. Or I'm going to try to find that Apple clip and we'll link it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I so, can probably find it for you. At that'd be point. great. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. What, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty uh, accidentally interesting job. What, what other um, jobs <laughs> have you had that you, you know, you thought were like exceptionally cool or exceptionally uncool or whatever? Uh-huh. Uh, oh my God. Okay, so. Sounds like there's something there. <laughs> so, I mean, I've done a handful of jobs that were kind of like, you know, I don't know, like super, super, super small budget. Like these people don't know what they're doing. Right. You're kind of, you show up on set and no, it takes forever to just get anything done. I, yeah. I can't think of anything specific, but I've done my share of those. Jump seat. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> just kidding. So uh, I think the most fun project I did was a poopery commercials. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And yeah, you'll have to link to those too. It yeah, was, I, it. I think it was in 2016. Um, it, this was a campaign that they called control the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause the, their spokesperson, their spokeswoman was, is British. So she said, she says control the situation. <laughs> and, um, so, <laughs> so it was about, they did the series of three spots that were, how to poop on a date, how to poop at dinner, uh, at a dinner party, and how to poop at work. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. And also very informative. So I was in the how to poop at a dinner party and how to poop at work. <laughs> <laughs> and so they used, they basically used some of the same people. So the how to poop on a date had the, the couple, a, ma- a male and a female couple that were doing their little thing. And then the how to poop at a dinner party was the couple the guy was introducing the girlfriend to the family. So I was mm. the mom in that one. Okay. And then the how to poop at work was mom going to work. That was me. I was the same character basically. In, in oh, a crossover. <laughs> but it was, so it was, but when I booked it, I thought I only booked the how to poop at a dinner party. I got to the fitting and they were like, Oh yeah. So we've got, um, we've got two looks for you that we need you to try on. And I'm like, I think I'm just in the one spot. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're, you're the main talent in the how to poop at work you're the pooper oh i didn't even prepare <laughs> i didn't audition for that part i just auditioned for the mom in the in the dinner party which was a smaller role but it was all improv for the audition so i guess they liked what i did and decided cool. 
to change the role to the mom because originally they were looking for the, the how to poop at work lady to be like in her twenties, super young. Yeah. And they, they changed the role for me. So that's pretty rad. That's great. Yeah. So that's a nice um, vote of confidence for sure. Awesome. So that did you find anything out? Like any, any tips, <laughs> yeah, any tricks? tips? <laughs> <laughs> The tips about pooping at work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you use poopery. Oh, that, that makes sense. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. you heard it first. <laughs> exactly. which I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Are there any hacks in acting that you have found that work uh, for you specifically or maybe that help you improvise or? Here's the, here's the secret about improvisation and it's not much of a secret. So listen, I have students constantly that are like, I can't improvise. Improvisation terrifies me. And what I tell them is, okay, hang on. You improvise every second of every day. Mm-hmm. As a human. Yeah, that is true. We, we, we are improvisational. We don't have scripts in life. We know exactly how to go off the cuff. And so I think to trust ourselves as actors is the key to just go, oh, I already know how to do this. I'm hmm. a master at improvisation. Hmm. Because I think a lot of actors equate improvisation with, with comedy, with being funny. Witty, right. Witty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that because in reality, if you're trying to be funny, you're not going to be funny. So true. Yeah, so true. It's, it's kind of like it, I would I would say it's kind of the same um, when actors are trying to cry oh, on yeah. camera. If you're trying to cry, it, it's going to look fake as shit. I'm sorry. Can I say that? On no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I hate fake um, crying. So say it up. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. It, it, Preach. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look fake because they're yeah. trying to to cry when in reality it when we cry in real life it's like we're trying to do everything yeah. we can not to cry that's so we're true we're trying to stop ourselves from crying You're, so i think just trust yourself we know how to be human and yeah. that's what acting is yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense because you're just kind of like, I mean, I know me, I'm you know playing a role every day with who it is that I you know want to be, who I want to come across as, what I want to be like. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, just by myself, I'm probably, you know, a little bit different, you know, when I'm talking to myself versus other people. Yeah. I mean, I call it bullshitting people, is what I, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but essentially we call like it acting. Yeah, it's acting. I mean, that, that, that actually mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. But, you know, it's we always say you don't you're not supposed to judge people. Right. And you're in a room where people, three people are sitting across the table, judging literally you judging you yeah. to, be, to improvise. <laughs> So maybe that's yeah, where the nerves I, can strike. I think so. But also, yeah, there's that pressure to like to be quick because, yeah. you know, the the art of improvisation is you do have to be a quick thinker. Right. But you again, you have to just trust yourself that you're going to be able to come up with stuff. Um, yeah. I studied at UCB, which is the Upright Citizens Brigade. I don't know if you guys. Oh, yeah. It. It's, yeah, yeah. It's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey's kind of mm -hmm. uh, brainchild. So cool. Great, great school. And, you know, it's all about just really thinking quick. And you have to be, you have to be smart, I think, in a way. Because Absolutely. you have to put things together quickly. Um, and you've got to be paying attention. It takes right. a lot of focus. So you're listening constantly so you can bring something back that someone else said earlier. Right. Um, and it's and it's not necessarily to make the joke, but 
you know, hopefully there will be some funny in there. Right. Well, just, <laughs> well, just being engaged with the, I mean, like being present in the situation and like I said, and listening mm-hmm. to what they're saying, so you can bring back, I mean, setups and payoffs is what storytelling is yeah. all about. Right. And right. so, yeah. um, that full I think that probably, comedy. Exactly. I and mean, I think yeah. that probably my biggest issue with trying to be an actor is being present. Cause I have the tendency to be thinking too far ahead sometimes. And I'm like, uh, what am I doing next versus what am I doing right now? Um, yeah. And that's probably that that's the director side of me. I think, I think I works <laughs> for being a director, but probably against if I ever want to be an actor, which I've thought about. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think that that is the one thing I see with a lot of uh, students of mine who really struggle with that um, pre-planning in mm. their scene. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're trying, they're living in the next moment. They're thinking about what their next line is and what their next move is. Right. Whereas, you know, it's impossible to be present when you're, when you're living in that future that ha- hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being, being present is huge. Let's, let's talk a, a little bit about, um, about, so you're an acting teacher as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how, so when you went to, uh, to college, you said one of the things you studied was, was the uh, youth acting and stuff like that. So it seems like you always had the intention of doing some teaching, but when did you kind of like really get into it? And do you teach like classes or you kind of like an individual like coach for people? Uh, How do you do it? What do you love about it? Well, so when I started, um, I started teaching kids, you know, right out of high school. I mean, uh, college, although during college I was also teaching. So I was teaching as I was learning how to teach. And so when I got out of college, I started to do my own thing with teaching kids primarily. And then I started to, um, well, I got an offer to be an adjunct professor at a college in Birmingham. So I was doing the college courses, uh, their beginning acting class. And I had non-majors. A lot of the non-majors were in there. Like I I had like pre-med students and and stuff like that. So that was fun. You're like, I'm but, a doctor. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> see my iPad and see my Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I, let's see. So I guess when I got to LA, I was teaching kids again. And then I was also starting to teach more adults as well. Okay. And I had been directing adults with my, uh, with my theater company anyway. So, I mean, oh, okay. I, I knew how to teach adults. But when I got to, when I got back to Utah, when we moved here um, in 2014, that's when I started to focus more on the adult actors because I realized that it's really kind of the same, you know, (laughs) kids and adults. (laughs) But I, I, I enjoyed teaching adults because they understood on a a level that kids didn't, you know, human nature, they, they understood a lot more. There was a lot, we could go a lot deeper. Right. And so I, I started teaching my own classes at a a local workshop or a local studio here, Michael Flynn's, the actor's workshop up at Foothill Village. Okay. I was just using his space to do my own classes. Okay. And so I was offering youth workshops. I was offering a weekly auditioning workshop for adults. And then I was also all of that time doing private coaching. Okay. And so, um, what happened when, when COVID hit, I obviously had to stop all the in-person stuff. And so I moved to the virtual platform and I was doing zoom virtual auditioning workshops and I was doing private coaching via zoom. And now I'm still doing, 
it when it when people want to i'm still doing virtual private coaching but i i have moved back to in person okay. private coaching now uh and then as far as the group classes go i haven't had an in-person group class since March of 2020. Oh man. Do you miss it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I've been doing, you know, the zoom stuff, but it's different. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But you know, I realized that it actually it's, it's in my best interest to teach on that platform right now because we as actors are, are required to audition via self tape or through zoom. Right. So to understand how to approach those kinds of auditions, I think is really important for actors now. And, and it doesn't sound like casting directors are going back to in-person stuff anytime soon. I mean, it probably made it a little yeah. bit easier for them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Getting to see more people and yeah. yeah. Did you shift Absolutely. your, did you shift your teaching model? To uh, teaching your actors and actresses how to audition on Zoom only? Yes. I created a, a workshop that was called Actors in Lockdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. it, it was It's a virtual auditioning uh, intensive, basically. And so we met three times, three Wednesdays via Zoom. And the first evening, I we talked just about um, Zoom auditions like actually auditioning on zoom. And, and a lot of it was talking about the technical aspects of it because right. we were just figuring this out in right. early 2020. It's, I mean, it was a brand new thing. And I was, I had contacted Jeff Johnson and Robert who are the you know casting directors here. And they, I would, I wanted to pick their brain and say, what are you seeing? What mistakes are you seeing that actors are making on these zoom auditions? And uh, so I addressed as much of that as I could and then the the next week of the workshop was all about self taping and the importance of getting your setup at home. Right. That yeah. you know all it's of a whole sudden, set of skills. Was, yeah. It it was definitely. I mean, it, this required actors to become our own production crew. Yeah. Yep. We we had to have the background and the lights and the right camera and the tripod and the microphone and all of that. So um, learning the technical aspects of it. And then the third one, they would send me a self tape and we would, um, I would kind of critique it uh, gotcha. yeah. in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, we were lucky yeah. enough to get to uh, audition you in person. I mean, since when yeah. we, when we first awesome. started casting for jump seat, it was before COVID hit. Um, yeah. And I, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, our, our okay. listeners, we've talked all about jump seat. We've done several episodes on it and um, they're so over it yeah, and they're so over it. So we thought we'd beat it into the ground just a little bit more. <laughs> Uh, sure. But I, I mean, I, I would really like to know, you know, your your feelings about the experiences you had on set with us kind of through the process where, you know, it was only my second film uh, as a director. And I'm always like, I always want to learn. I'm 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 not somebody who if somebody gives me some some advice, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it. I'll uh -huh. legitimately consider and say, like, oh, is this a thing that I think I do need to work on or I don't or whatever. But I so I'd be curious to know. Just tell your, Aaron where he sucked. Yeah. Tell me if I sucked. Uh, <laughs> but, but 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 for real, I'd be very curious to know kind of your feelings about your experience on set i i loved it i mean really i was only on set for the one night i guess yeah. you felt i mean you feel like such a bigger part of it because you kind of your character looms over the movie a whole lot yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, was, it really was kind of the just the first night of shooting yeah but i will say that you know i mean god we were we auditioned this in 2019 yeah yeah yeah, it was twenty. Yeah, it was twenty nineteen, and we were planning on shooting early twenty twenty. Actually, I think it was going to yeah. be May of twenty twenty. Yeah. And then when COVID yeah. hit, we we're like, got to shut it down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like like it, it felt like a very big project in my head because mm -hmm. it was looming for so long before yeah. we actually got into production. 
And I will say what I loved about, about how you handled all of that was your rehearsal day that we had. Mm. That is so unusual for a production to have a a rehearsal like that. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, it was such a gift and it really made the shooting day go so much quicker. Oh man. I thought I love, I love to hear that. Cause yeah, I, you know, I'm, I think my biggest deficiency, I, I, I understand a lot of the visual storytelling stuff, all that, all that kind of stuff a lot better, but as directing actors is where I have the least amount of experience. So I thought like, I absolutely need to have some time with the actors before we start shooting. And so I'm glad glad you found that helpful as well. I I hope you would all find that helpful. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what they say though, Aaron, about, um, about directors and casting is that, if you cast the right actors, you don't have to do very much directing. It's hundred percent true. And yeah. I, th- that's very much how I felt about uh, casting you actually. I'm like, I'm like, cool job oh. taken care of. Like, I don't have to worry about this. I mean, you came in and terrified uh, Leah, our uh, oh producer. Who, she was playing a, a, a letter, not Alexa, but Quincy's yeah. character that you Just were up against. In, yeah. <laughs> and I sent you the, I sent you that audition video a little while ago. <laughs> that was so much fun to watch that. I had forgotten about it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, she, she looked a little terrified. She was. Yeah. When that, and that, I mean, as soon as you walked out the door, all four of us were like, well, that's her. Well, that's her. Yeah, that, that's oh, it. <laughs> done and done. Oh, yeah, you crushed. And we had several other really good ones, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you just knocked it right out of the park. Which reminds me of the, you know, I, we always say this as actors, or I do to my students, that the people that are casting you, the directors, the producers, they don't know what they want until the actor comes in and shows them what mm-hmm. they need. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And, yeah. You know, so because a lot of the times we get stuck in our head as actors that we need to do this right, that there's a right way to do this audition, Mm -hmm. but there's not. The right way is your way. The right way is just putting you into it. And if it's the right version for that story, then you'll get it. Yep. Yep. We're buying, we're buying you. You're the, you're the product there. And like, like this is like this, your shape fits this whole perfectly. It's that classic saying, oh, it's nice to put a face to the name. You know, it's like, as you, as you write a character, (laughs) it's nice to finally see that person come to life yep, yeah. and their emotions yeah. just make it that much better. Yeah. And when you were auditioning, we're like, it, it was just very, very clear media. I'm like, yep, that's her. That's, that's our Val. Uh, T- Tito was that way also for uh, playing uh-huh. um, uh, Isaac, the hitman. Like I, I think I had maybe an idea of the kind of person I wanted, uh, <laughs> but then Tito came in and did his audition and it wasn't like nothing of like what I planned on. And it was, yep. it was perfect. And yep. he's, and he's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you're casting the right actors and and you spend a lot of time on that process of casting, it makes your job so much easier as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate as an actor getting specific direction from a director. Right. Um, I, I've had so, there's so many different ways that people direct, you know, sometimes they just kind of let you do your thing because they know that they you've got it. Right. But then there are other directors who are very specific and almost over direct. Yeah. Um, and that could probably you know, like, be a drag what, on your performance, huh? It does. Because yeah. if they have such a specific way of uh, that, they see it in their head. It, it can stifle you as an actor because yeah. then you're just trying to fit this mold of what this director sees. And those are the kind of directors that also give line readings that'll oh. tell you how they want the the line said. Right. Right. Emphasize I, this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I feel like you, Aaron, were able to, to find that balance between letting us play and, and still getting what you needed as a director. Awesome. And that, you were a great 
great communicator and you had a vision for sure. Uh, that, that, those Sweet. are all amazing things. Those are like literally exactly the things that I'd hope to accomplish. Cause yeah, I like to yeah. try and live in the middle ground there where you, you, you know what I'm kind of looking for, but want to give you some room to experiment as well. Cause that's what I do in writing also is I have a very solid outline, but if something strikes my fancy, you know, maybe go off on a tangent for a minute and just see where it takes you. And yeah. I find like right. that's where the best, most creative stuff I think tends to happen. Um, yes. Oh, well, that may, and being a good, good communicator, I know if it even goes all the way back to, you know, working like restaurants and stuff like that, it yes. things go so much smoother if you just freaking talk to each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It was really awesome to have you there on night one. Uh, night one is always intense, especially for yeah. like the production side of things. And it's, you know, I think it went pretty smooth. So yeah. it, was, it was awesome oh, to absolutely. have you there for night one. You guys made it, you guys made it so, so comfortable and so oh, great. I, I absolutely loved it. And there was still like an element of playfulness on set. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, I, mean, that- I, I know that there's so much work that has to happen, but it's so important to be able to play a little bit. I totally agree. I want everybody to have fun on set. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah. really a, actually a very high priority. Like we're doing something we all love doing. Like we should be having yes. fun doing it. So, you know, yeah. foster that atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Aaron and I had had that conversation before where we always get super giddy and we always have so much fun on set <laughs> yeah. and like Dave's laughs super loud and then Leah's like snorting cause she's laughing <laughs> and like we just like laugh a lot and it's fun but then there's this balance that we're trying to find of um, trying to make sure that the character can stay in a mood right, and right. stay present and, and stay in that right. character and in that yeah. mindset yeah. and I felt mm-hmm. like there were other nights uh, I was just going to say there yeah. was, there was a couple of nights, I think it was in the warehouse where we were all having a great time, but we were getting ready to go into a very intense scene. And so we had to kind of, yeah. had to kind of like lock it down and be like, all right, before we brought in uh, Alexa to do this right. very emotional stuff, I'm like, let's, let's, yeah. let's lock it down. We're, we're going to get rid of a few people on set. Um, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is exactly that what, what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I said it instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that you, you still felt like we were getting things done efficiently and that you oh, felt yeah. like it was also important that, that we were laughing because it is, it's super yeah. important. Yeah. And we're always going to be that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're not going to, we right. love what we do. Yeah. If you ever, if, yeah, if we ever go quiet and just have our heads down, yeah, something's there's wrong. something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So if it's oh. a, if things are quiet, why aren't they saying anything? That means something is really, really wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, I will say it's kind of a pet peeve of mine on on set when a lot of time is being wasted. Oh, you know? same, same. Yeah. I, I wanted God. really, I wanted really uh, to keep that kind of stuff to a minimum on set. Yes. I, I hate it too. If there's waiting yes, like on if, someone's end, something else is happening on someone mm-hmm, else's end. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, ABS yeah. always be shooting, always be shooting. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's like if, if there's not a first AD that is cracking the whip, then right, oh, right. I don't want to be on that set. You know, exactly, <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's move on to some uh, some sillier stuff. Actually, uh, okay. something that Drew and I, I mean, you've done. We talked about how how you're so prolific. You've done so much stuff, especially just even in the past, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, mm-hmm. In all that time, you must have at some point had some cool like celebrity encounters, whether it's act- other <laughs> actors or directors or whatever. Like who, who, is there anybody you've run into that was pretty cool? Have you made out with George Clooney? You know what? <laughs> I, I actually just last month I had one of these Oh, and it was so much fun. So I did, um, I was cast just as, as a small little speaking role that they ended up casting at the last second for this Christmas movie called, Christmas with the Campbells. Hmm. Um, it's produced and written by Vince Vaughn. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Brittany Snow is in it. Uh, Peter Billingsley, who played. Oh yeah. Ralphie from a Christmas and, story. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was producing as well. Um, but 
I, I just had one scene and one day and I get there and I, I noticed that when they sent us the sides, um, for this character that they added, it said the script revisions by Vince Vaughn. And so I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So that's how he's involved. And, and I saw that he was producing and I'm like, well, there's no, he's not going to be on set. Well, I show up and we get to set after wardrobe and hair and makeup and everything. We're at, and we're at, we're at, we're at. <laughs> <laughs> we were at trolley square shooting oh. and and all of a sudden, I, I walk in and Vince Vaughn is standing there introducing himself to me. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. like you have you have to say you're Vince. No, I, I know. Who yeah, you you're like, oh, sorry, I who are you? Say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. The cool thing about it was it's not just meeting him because I've, I've met sure. celebrities, right? I've met people that are well known from being on different sets. Right. I, I worked with Steven Soderbergh. I, oh, wow. You know, I've, Don Johnson. So anyway, I've met these people, but. But here's what made it really special. There was uh, Claire Nieder Pruim was directing. She was the the main director. Okay. But she was directing all the kind of feel good Hallmark parts of it, and it seemed like Vince was directing the comedic moments huh. in a way. That's kind of how it went that day. I don't hmm, know if that happened for the rest of the of the shoot, but because he revised this script to be funny. But at its heart, it was kind of Hallmark-ish, <laughs> like this Hallmark Christmas story yeah. that he came in and he made it for an adult audience that was really kind of like a little um, irreverent. All right. So cool. And, I'm and like so, of this, yeah. So my stuff was complete, basically completely directed by him. Oh, wow. And he was so collaborative and so much fun, like between takes, he'd come up and he'd talk to me and we'd, you know, he'd bounce off ideas. And oh, that's so and cool. He basically, he let us improvise so much of that. Like that's there was, awesome. so, it was a very small uh, speaking role that was in the script. But when we shot it, he was just, he was adding lines for us. He oh, was wow. letting us so do cool. our own thing. And then the big, fancy, wonderful moment at the end, after I rapped, he came up to me and the guy who was playing my husband, and he said, oh, my God, you guys were so fucking funny. Uh, he said, yes. he said um, when you were improvising your own little fight, that was the fucking funniest improv I have ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He says fuck all the time, by Great. the way. That's, I love it. that's why we love him. <laughs> fucking way. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, we're big fans of Vince Vaughn in this house. Yeah. yeah we actually <laughs> talked about Vince Vaughn a couple episodes ago. Yeah. We talked for, about Four Christmas. Really? Uh, that's yeah. amazing, though. What a, what a what an experience. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Good. Good. Really cool. So much fun. The, the other fun experience was working with Steven Soderbergh. Oh, he's one of my favorite directors. Yeah. Yeah. He, and because his, his method is really interesting. You know, he, he shoots for the edit. So he only gets the footage that he knows mm -hmm. he needs mm -hmm. for the edit. He doesn't do all the normal coverage that we normally have. Right. It's a faster, <laughs> is that a faster day then? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I mean, he makes so yes. many movies. Yeah, yeah. I can see that he would bust yeah. through them pretty fast. Did he do, um, yeah. the one with the iPhone? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Un, un, what yeah. was that called? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really cool. Uh, we'll link that mm -hmm. in the description as well. Because we can, we can <laughs> Why not? Uh, last question for you, Charlotte. Then we'll let you go. What's coming up for you? I know, uh, I know you're busy, and I'm looking at your IMDb, and there's some pre-production stuff. Well, some of that pre-production stuff is happened a long time ago, like and done. just kind of never, no. never got taken or never finished. Yeah. Um, but some things that aren't on the IMDb yet, um, that are coming up are, I have one project that we started in 2020 
it was a real it's a great comedy um with Colin Mockery in it. I don't know if you know I love, Colin no, I love, uh, Whose line is it anyway, guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love him. Um, so he's star- he's starring in this. I have a really fun role in it. We started shooting in February of 2020. Oh wow. <laughs> and I worked I had worked one day on set. I still had four or five to come and that's when the lockdown happened. Um. Mm-hmm. And so we, I, th- I thought we weren't going to be able to get back to it. And I just got a, a message a couple weeks ago that they were starting back production and wondered my availability. So, um, awesome. in a couple weeks we're, I'm shooting my, the rest of my stuff for that. Good. That's going to be a super fun, um, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's so funny. Him since I was a kid. Yeah, same. Yes. yeah. He's, he's a really nice guy too. And then I have a, a horror film coming up. Oh, I yeah. don't know if I can really talk about it yeah, that sure. much. They haven't really announced anything, but um, I, I get to play a really fun role in that, too. Oh, that's cool. Good. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like a ton of so, fun, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So oh. those are a few things on the horizon. Drew Lied, there's one more question I want to ask you. And if okay. that, that's if you have any advice for somebody looking to get into the industry. Do your research and get training. Mm. There is no fast track to to this kind of career. Yep. That, that, that computes for sure. I totally agree with that. Well, Charla, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, this has been amazing. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It's been awesome chatting with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just just fun too. I mean, we, we talked for, you know, for quite a while when, uh, when we were doing jump seat, but I don't get to talk to you as much, but I love, I love talking to you. You're so much fun. So, um, well, we need to, we need to do another project together. You guys, we do. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually working on something new right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And jump seat's still making his little rounds in the film festivals and doing pretty darn well so it's fun to fun to keep that thing going too so we will definitely keep you involved in what's coming up next absolutely absolutely i love that all right charlie before we let you go charlie let's exit through the gift shop where can people find you uh where can people find me um my handles for social are at charla actor and my website is charlaactor.com perfect and we'll link all these in, in the description as well and my, my IMDb, you can, yeah. you can Great. link to that. That's always a good place to have people go. Perfect. Wonderful. All right. Thanks you Thanks guys. Again, Charla. We'll talk soon. All talk right. soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. That was awesome. That was amazing. She's so much fun, isn't she? She's got such a, I mean, you can see why she became an, an actor. I miss her. I, I miss her too. Like every yeah. time I talk to her, I'm like, Charla, it's just so much bomb. fun. Yeah. 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 Just have a good I time. I want to go have her. a beer with Charla. Totally. I would, I would hang with Charla yeah, for sure. I would hang with Charla. I think that was super informational and I love uh, her take on her influences yeah. and how you guys kind of chatted about professors a little bit. She talked about acting hacks. That's super fun that she got to work with Vince Vaughn. I know. How uh, cool is that? One, especially month. just kind of how it like yeah. be, was like a real working relationship too. And yeah. Now, like she was on set at the same time he was like, he directed her yeah. and like talked to her and like said her improv her. was funny. Yeah. Th- I mean, yeah. Vince Vaughn is king of improv. I was going to say, how can you like, but like, that's a pretty high, high watermark for your life. It's like Vince Vaughn said, I I did the funniest improv he's seen. I got to go to Charlie Square more, man. I know. Right. (laughs) I think, I think the only thing that's left is the old spaghetti factory and urban outfitters. So no, no, my bad. It's an American apparel. Oh yeah, that's right. They used to yeah. have a, did you ever go, they used to have a, a movie theater there. They would show Sundance films there Very as well. Cool. Yeah. It, it closed down quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Heard that, wish I didn't. I think there is a Banana Republic there too, actually. Okay. <laughs> sale, sale, sale. <laughs> sale, sale. All right. On that note, thank you guys so much for sticking with us for season four. If, if uh, you're still listening. <laughs> uh, I can see why they might've checked out at this yeah. point. <laughs> I do want to remind you guys on Spotify, and I think it's only like Anchor says it's 14% of our listeners, but uh, you can now rate 
do a five star rating or mm-hmm. a four star or zero star rating on Spotify. So uh, if you would go on to Spotify and rate us your rating of choice, yep. that would be epic. Yeah, as well as you know Apple Podcasts, of course, and yep, whatever always. other platform you like to to listen to us on. Yeah, uh, good ratings are always appreciated. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us through season four. Yeah, yeah. and thank uh, you. A lot more to come. So much more. Thank you.